Is that the goal? What's the goal for Symmetry Labs? Bring people a balance of strategy and creative. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're going to be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of How to Scale Your Agency. I'm here with Brendan Cavanaugh. He is a fantastic entrepreneur who I'm going to let him fill in the blanks with exactly what he's done in the technology space, but he's done a lot of work in the tech space and he also works with enterprises on helping them grow and also has a unique bent towards things like VR and helping companies, especially large businesses, be able to bring on projects in the VR space and innovation space. So I'll let him take it from here. But Brendan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Lucas. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm Brendan Kavanaugh. I have a long history in technology and marketing. My background is primarily in uh, product marketing, product management, and running, you know, innovative product development programs. So I've got... I've been around a while. So in the in the mid '90s, I helped commercialize 3D animation software for the gaming and uh, film industry. Early 2000s uh, helped commercialize MPEG-4 and create interactive TV and virtual channels and streaming TV. Maybe 10 years before Netflix got into it. Also helped run a mobile displays company that was sold to Samsung. We started a laser TV business. We were trying to do laser TV in the mid 2000s. Nice. Uh, and then I spent years at Sandus, the memory company, doing value-added services, uh, primarily around digital media and, and mobile media. I also helped launch a an unlimited mobile music service called Move Music, which was for Cricket Wireless. Mm-hmm. It was the fastest-growing mobile music service in the world at one point, and they had unlimited music before Apple did. So that was an interesting play. And they actually, a lot of it was based on technology that I helped to develop at Sandisk as part of my job in value-added services and software. And then I moved on to uh, a small company called uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, I was part of the team that was, you've heard of them? Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting to go from very small startup environments, very nimble to a very large organization like that, which eventually, honestly, um, I got burned out on. And that was part of the impetus to come back to Los Angeles from the Valley and Start Symmetry, which is the agency I'm helping to run now. But at Chase, um, I was part of the mobile innovation group, and then we became the digital group, and we did the new customer journey. We came up with the Chase mobile app and their new website and all the on-premise marketing materials, like in the branches where they now have these beautiful video displays with great messaging and motion and stuff like that going on. Since 2016, I've been running Symmetry with a business partner who I've yeah. known for 20 years. That's fantastic. And the work that you do primarily when you're working with these larger businesses, you know, you're signing bigger contracts. That's one thing that a lot of people struggle with is being able to actually land big accounts. How did you get into that space with the agency? I mean, did when you hopped into calls with people, A, was it from referrals? And B, if they were from referrals, 
Did you just say, yeah, no, I worked with this guy, hire me, or yeah, what is the conversation? Know, I get what you're asking. Like, I mean, early on, as everyone knows, when you start an agency, you get very humble, I think, and you um, take whatever work you can get. You start to use that and you reinvest it and you tighten your belt. And that's what my business partner and I did. And, you know, I went from not having to tighten my belt, so to speak, to tighten my belt and, and restarting what we do, including my family and all that. But initially you take what you what comes to you. We obviously reached out to our networks, which were pretty expansive. We got a lot of word of mouth, you know, referrals. Uh, we had one big anchor client early on that, you know, kept us going for well over a year because of the, the scope of work that they needed done. And then honestly, we've taken a really kind of, I think, interesting approach to getting into big brands is we partner with bigger agencies that actually already have those relationships. So right. um, a kind of a combination of the two, like with HP, PG&E, HP was a referral. PG&E was through another agency. Uh, T-Mobile was through a larger agency. We've just recently done work for Dave and Buster's and Texas Roadhouse and stuff. That was through nice. a partner agency. So, yeah, I think you start out taking the projects that you can find and making those work and tightening your belt, so to speak. And then you start to get referrals. Typically, we get clients referring new clients. We get network people referring stuff to us. And then we took the, I think, interesting approach of going after bigger agencies. And we're kind of doing some of that outreach currently. How, what percentage of your lead acquisitions would you say is from referrals? 90 plus percent of the work we've done came via referral. My business partner spent a lot of time in large agencies like Publicis and Rosetta and Razorfish and, you know, worked at high enough levels to where the people that he knew in his network were now running teams at other big agencies. What we found, and you mentioned the AR and VR background is, what we found is most of these agencies don't have augmented reality capabilities. And so we've been able to be the sub on doing the AR stuff. And so like T-Mobile experiences we did this year were with an agency called Long Duty. You know, our ability to do AR and be very nimble about doing it, like literally like a six week production cycle is what got us the work with that larger brand. What is your goal with the business? Is the goal to be like one of those large companies or do you like the size you're at? And I'm, I'm, I think this is a good question because for instance, with my business, I feel as if keeping it around you know, anywhere from 1.5 to $2 million a year is actually preferable for me. So I'm mm -hmm. curious what for your business, what's your goal? Is it to become a large agency, large innovation focus, like uh, Jan, who I introduced you to with U plus, you know, yeah. they're trying to triple next year, get to like $30 million in revenue. Is that the goal? What's the goal for Symmetry Labs? You know, I don't see us like trying to become a hundred million dollar agency. We're comfortable in the, you know, if we get to 10 to 20 million in revenue, having big company backgrounds probably drives us a little more to wanting to be at that level. But we could have very good, well-balanced lives and make a great living if we were doing two to three million a year in revenue. So I see your perspective. You know, and I think work-life balance is a very important thing. You know, I just turned 50, so I have a little bit of perspective now. But that was part of the reason I came back from Silicon Valley. And I had dealt with the burnout there and the kind of overwhelming need to, to generate huge revenue numbers, which is not as big of a driving force for me now. I've got a couple of businesses. One, one thing with Symmetry is we want to bring people a balance of 
strategy and creative. And that's why we started the agency and that's why we call it symmetry. We also want to bring like a different vibe to the relationships. Um, we've all fallen prey to like the big management consulting firms that, you know, just bring in people, person after person after person and, and build up bigger and bigger teams that they can charge for. We wanted to be partners literally with our customers and get really invested in it in a way that we probably leave money on the table, but you're going to walk away knowing that we were invested and that we were, you know, human about the whole thing. That's important to us as well. So, you know, a 10 month, I actually just had a call with Jan, uh, a follow-up call. Nice. Uh, I, I understand that. That was a great discussion. I understand where he's going. Um, our goal is to really be more of an innovative product studio than a digital marketing agency, right? I think mm -hmm. we enjoy building the platform, the website, the app, the AR component, right? And getting that built and then yeah. having folks like yourselves that are growth experts come in and help run, turn the, like I like to say, turn the crank on the machine that we've built. And so, you know, that's what we've always done is build products and platforms and experiences. And so we want to be more of a product studio and maybe incubate some of our own products. Because if you look at uh, companies like Canva and the enormous valuations that they're getting from building tools, right? that's interesting. There's a couple different variables here, and I'm definitely more on the sales side. So I'd like to yeah, dive yeah. a little bit deeper on that. So you have a very, very specialized offering, right? But you're also gathering, for lack of a better term, you know, larger enterprise level deals. But... Yeah. For the most part, they're coming in via referrals, right? So usually uh, on the agency side, whenever we're dealing with large sort of enterprise contracts, the sales process is typically a lot longer, but you have very much more of this like personal approach and they're coming from referrals. So I'm sure our listeners are going to be really interested in, you know, knowing what's involved in getting these enterprise level deals. But since you've you know been in the space so long, you have this pretty wide network, what does the overall sales cycle look like in regards to time? So since you guys are offering some something that you know others really aren't, and you know, for the most part, you are you know second or third at most connections with these referrals, is it typically a shorter sales process, even though you know these are very large deals? Well, in terms of personal connection with some of the bigger brands that we've done, they were fairly short sales cycles. They were like, hey, we need this. We gave them a, a Proposify. We used Proposify to send our proposals out, and they were able to approve those relatively quickly. To shorten the sales cycle on, like, say, 2Mobile, for example, I mean, we did a year of, of business development with Wong Duty until we got the first AR project with them. And in the meantime, we did a lot of short sales cycle uh, referral work that was, you know, in the thirty to fifty thousand dollar budget range versus the couple hundred thousand dollar budget range, right? You know, eventually we get to the point where we have the scale to, you know, go after those big brands directly. We are cognizant of the fact that you can't just sit and wait for all these opportunities to come to you. You have to be more proactive, and that's where we've gotten involved with Twiz and and getting more proactive in terms of doing outreach, you know, leveraging Zoom info and HubSpot and, you know, LinkedIn and, you know, kind of doing growth marketing for, for ourselves. So I don't know, does that answer the question? The other thing that came to mind as you were asking the question is, 
Um, it's really important to be willing to take a little bit less personally as a founder or someone trying to grow an agency and be willing to give that money that, oh, I could have taken this home myself and give that, make that investment in a new team member or bringing in another team or bringing in a higher end resource that can really do the higher level enterprise work. Whereas maybe you start out with mid-level resources that can do the, the smaller projects. You got, you have to be willing to take less to get a team in place that can shine in front of a big brand, which I think has yeah. been something we've done pretty well. Very awesome. I just, I do have one more question. How important have you found it to be to have a really solid portfolio with these kind of deals? So like in the case of a referral for a larger enterprise deal, how significantly are they doing due diligence on their side? Like, do they want a ton of different examples of you doing things in a very similar space or how does that usually look? No, I mean, I think one of the biggest goals of the first two to three years of the agency was to build a portfolio. And to do that, you'll you'll end up making less, taking less, you know what I mean? Doing what what you're asked to do. And so, yeah, the portfolio is, is very key, right? And we get a lot of business from our capabilities deck, right? Yeah. We'll take people through the capabilities deck and in the, in the process of going through that, we get to talk about our backgrounds and then we mm -hmm. get to talk about the different things that we do. Like you mentioned, we do AR, but we're, we're like a full service agency. We can do brand, user experience design, visual design. We have teams that do web development, mobile app development, Shopify, right? So we're able to componentize, put the right components together for, the, for a different deal and say, yes, we can do that. And the fact that we've had years of experience is we've got a lot of people on the bench who we can pull in quickly if we need to. So it's a combination of a lot of different things that get us in front of the big customers. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, you know, one thing that I heard consistently and uh, I encourage everybody to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes to kind of get a sense for this. But one thing I've heard consistently with anybody doing sort of enterprise or anybody who's honestly reached anything above $5 million a year in revenue as a company, they tend to be very picky with the kind of clients they work with, which you already have covered because obviously large businesses, those are the cream of the crop, but they also keep increasing their retainers typically or their project sizes. Two questions here. One, what's you don't have to say the name of the brand, but what's the largest contract you've closed to date uh, just for one project? And how much do you think you could charge like in your model? For instance, I think that for us, honestly, I think we probably could get certain clients that are like really big if we took on like enterprise deal to be paying us like 80 grand a month, what we do, like a really big agency. It's possible if we took over the entire sales team, you know? So kind of for you, right? And I'm just curious. We don't typically do retainer-based. Maybe we should start doing more retainer-based. Project yeah. sizes are good. Like, you, you know, Jan, right? He, he was saying it's like a million dollars is his project. Yeah, size. no, I, I, our biggest project has probably been 300,000, 350. You think that's the cap or do you think you could do more? No, I mean, and if like when five years down the road, we'll, we'll be charging twice that much for the same project, honestly, right? Because reputation and level of resources and all those other things start to factor in bidding work and Andrew may commiserate on this is like bidding work is like one of the hardest parts of the job, like mm -hmm. charging what you're worth. Like we can't charge what we're worth. We won't get the deals. Right. So yeah. 
eventually we'll be able to charge what we're worth, you know. And U plus is charging what they're worth, right? And they've got 90 case studies and 12 years of track record to to back it up. Yeah, to back so, that up. Um, we'll get there. But you know, that's yeah. part of the humbling process, I think, is you come from big companies, agencies that charge three hundred dollars an hour for a resource, you know, we're charging maybe a hundred, hundred and twenty-five, hundred and fifty if we're lucky for the same resource. Yeah. And one thing I like to do with people I've actually started doing is I try to uh, have them put together a pitch deck that's maybe a little bit even more robust than the capabilities deck because you have what you've done, but then trying to refine that VSL or that like a video sales letter so it could be replicated to all your sales reps where you can pitch a person on the other end and tell them why you're the best in the world at something. And I think that, you know, with U plus, they make it very clear, you know, we're the best innovation brand in the world for enterprises. I think it's a very clear message. We try to be the best for scaling agencies. You know, I think with you guys, I think that's one thing that that uh, over time is just getting better and better. Like every time we talk, I feel like it's more refined. So I think just getting getting that refined is I think what helps over time scale the higher numbers. I would encourage everybody to kind of take a look at that for their own business. But just to kind of wrap things up here, because I know Andrew, you got to jump. We, we just have a couple of lightning round questions at the end here, which is, um, you know, your agency size, I believe last time we talked, you guys are doing, you know, over half a million a year. I don't need to know the exact number. That's fine. How old are you? Started in 2016. Oh, I just meant like personally. Oh, how old am I personally? Oh, I <laughs> yeah. said <that> earlier, 50. <laughs> okay. <There you> go. <laughs> uh, five years as an agency. Um, uh, any good book recommendations? you would recommend? Oh, I was just talking about this. I'm terrible with books, honestly. I read a lot of like articles and information and that kind of stuff. I'm yeah, got the outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all that's a that's a good one. And then is the is the goal for your agency? And I know that's not a popular thing to say, oh, I you know, I don't read 30 bucks books a month. I don't. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of people out there that will say that I don't believe them. That they yeah. do, but you know, anyways, lightning round, I'll shut up. But you, you said, you know, the goal is to get to like $10 million a year as a business. Would the goal be, I mean, you come from like that Silicon Valley background, would the goal be to eventually sell it or would it be to harvest it forever and then transfer ownership as you get older? You know, I've talked to my kids about taking over the agency. I think my daughter is not interested, but my son would be, you know, that would be a great legacy to, to leave someone. You know, when you get to the $10 million range, um, you're probably looking at having acquisition discussions. Honestly, I, I don't know. I, I sort of take the feather in the wind approach a little bit, maybe more than I should, but I, I do believe in kind of how the universe works. And so, you know, I think we can get there, but um, yeah. I haven't decided if there's an exit or, or if we just keep it in the family. And then uh, what would you value the agency today? Would you value it on EBITDA or revenue? And what would that be? Like, I don't need the actual number well, top this, line. But. The standard for agencies is two to three times trailing 12-month revenue, right? So if you did a million in the last 12 months, you're probably valued at two to three million, which is one of the challenges with the agency world is that you're you're trading on human capital and you're not trading at very high valuation multiples, right? Which yeah. is why, like for us, I mean, we might get to the point where we generate enough revenue to incubate our own products, at which point we can roll those products out at much higher valuations, which is what 
yeah. Canva and a lot of other small companies have done in recent years. For me, those products are not that hard to build. Well, it'd be cool to see uh, building something in the VR space, but I know you got uh, you got those uh, the, the vape product, Elixir, Elixir Distro as well. So yeah. excited to see how everything goes. And um, thanks for being on the podcast. Really? We'll have you, yeah. we'll try to and get you back on in like a quarter or something so we can kind of review how things are going. Also, I do want to say thank you for shaping our digital upbringing. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah that's a it very good point. something to do with like what the tools that you guys have to work with, so. Exactly. I don't necessarily know if we uh, would be in the position we're at without, you know, your contribution to digital in general. So thank you. That means a lot. Completely agree. Yeah. You're the reason I I have to put my phone in my glove box in my car because it's (laughs) (laughs) but uh, awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, Until next time, everybody. All right. Thank you very much.